Hi everyone, I'm Laura Langhoff Arndt and this is episode 5 of To Cause to Learn, Effective Teaching in the Church. This podcast is for those who want to talk about what it means to teach the faith effectively to people of all ages. We will cover issues with teaching Sunday school to those little wee ones in preschool, all the way up to the feisty teenagers, confirmation, and how to develop a culture of participation in adult Bible study. If you think you're not a good teacher, you will love this podcast. If you think you're already a good teacher, you'll love this podcast because it'll make you even better. And we all know good teachers are always looking to be better. This week, I changed my mind. I promised our topic today would be first and second grades, but I'm going to split them up because there are so many cool things to know about each of those grades. Today will be first graders in the narrative stage of faith education. Last week, we talked about preschool and kindergartners, and next week, we'll tackle the second graders who are quite different than the first graders developmentally. So, welcome, and let's get started. First, a quick reminder of the five stages of faith education. First is narrative, that's preschool through second grade. Second is the knowledge stage, that's third through fifth grade. Third is the understanding stage, which are the middle school years, or sixth through eighth grade. Fourth is the reason stage, which is high school, or ninth through twelfth grade. And finally is the wisdom stage, which include all the adults from about 26 or 30 all the way to, you know, 85 or 90 or even further, however long they live. Uh, Keep in mind that sometimes in the reason stage that can include some college age students as well. Okay, the tip of the day. Today, the tip is don't expect your first graders to be able to read. They're just learning, and it's okay. They'll read when their brains are ready, and everybody doesn't learn at the same rate. And as we talked about in the brain sections, brains develop at different rates for different people and in different orders. So our goal is not to teach them to read or to have academic expectations. We are here to share the gospel and to share the Bible. Question one, what is the narrative stage? Well, we talked about it last week, but if you missed that episode, the narrative stage is the wonderful years when great stories turn into great learning about the God who loves children more than they can imagine. Stories have special importance to young children. They love stories, and they become a part of a child's life and worldview. It's not important that they understand everything about them, and it's not important that they can think deeply about them, but it is important that we lay the groundwork and that they become familiar with them so that they can be built upon later. By the first grade, kids should be familiar with a number of the stories. It doesn't hurt for them to hear them repeatedly. After all, as adults, we continue to hear these same stories, and we've heard them hundreds of times, but we still continue to learn from them. The Bible is a living document, and the Spirit continues to use it to grow and deepen our faith. 
So question two then is about the first graders. What's special about first grade kids in the narrative stage? Oh, so much is going on during the narrative stage and first graders are curious and enthusiastic. They're adventure seekers and they love activities that involve exploring or discovery. They love experiments and figuring things out. They may even like to take things apart and put them back together just to see how they work. They love stories and they love being read to because they most likely can't read yet or they are just learning. They're moving away from a world of play, however, and toward a world of symbols and understanding those symbols. First graders tend to be noisy and active. They're busy, boisterous, bustling bunch who enjoy working together on projects and they may sing, hum, or talk to themselves as they work. They can be goofy and they like performing telling silly jokes, riddles, singing songs, and playing guessing games. They like to talk, I'm saying they like to talk, and they like to explain things to you. And because they like to classify things, they enjoy collecting them. First graders also have a tendency to be competitive, which can lead to being bossy and critical of others about following rules. On the other hand, they're sensitive to criticism and they really want to do well. They like their teachers and they want to please them. Cognitively, children in first grade are beginning to think logically and understand cause and effect. They also understand time better and can understand that God created Adam and Eve and the garden in the past. Until now, they think everyone is like them and experience the world like them, but now, they can see other points of view. So they are growing, which leads us to question three. How do we manage these young adventurers? Well, we've already heard that their world is growing and that they are a rowdy bunch. The competitive nature of first graders shows up in different ways. They may insist in having their own way. They may seem frustrated frequently and they may even have tantrums. Poor sportsmanship may appear or they may blame others for something that they have done. This is all a part of growing up and developing character. They also begin to test boundaries. First graders understand that actions have causes and effects. So here are some tips. Be sure you give firm limits and hold to them. Where kids are concerned, consistency is always your friend. Encourage them to slow down and not race through what they're doing. First graders have a tendency to want to get done and get going. They enjoy taking on responsibility and can follow through with one or two directions. Let them help. And again, as with the kindergartners, if they are a bit disruptive, Give them the job of being your helper. Also remind them to speak politely to each other and to you because they will have a tendency to start getting a little bit lippy and we want to keep that in check. They need to be polite. There are a lot of TV shows that make it seem like disrespectful kids are cute and adorable, but they're not. 
they're disrespectful, and they need to learn to speak politely. They're learning to wait their turn. Be sure they do, especially when talking in groups. They will over-talk each other or talk over each other. And you don't want to start that behavior this young, or you don't want to let it go either. It's just like speaking politely to each other. These kids are young, and they need to learn the rules, the manners, the etiquette. Uh, when you are speaking in a group, people take turns. They're also learning right from wrong, fair and unfair, but it doesn't. they don't get the shades of gray yet. They still think primarily in black and white, so make sure that your rules are simple yes and no rules. Also, continue using iMessages. They do like to please, so should respond well if you say, I need you to wait your turn, or I need you to come back and sit down. We will do that later, or I need you to come and be with the rest of the group. These are good I messages. And if you say them and you just hold to them and not give a lot of other confusing messages, then these will work well for you. And lastly, question four. So how do we effectively teach the faith to first graders? Keeping in mind that they are very active, play and make-believe are still very important in the first grade. You know, they can play stories. They do play stories. And they have great imaginations. So at this age, their pretending becomes more about performing than fantasy as they step in and out of reality. But you want them to do that. That's how they become familiar with the stories. They enjoy learning new games and inventing new characters. So you might have them invent a character that is them in a story and see how they would respond to certain things that happen in the story. As their fine motor skills develop, they also enjoy crafts, coloring, painting, and can cut and paste with a good amount of success. So they enjoy those kinds of things, but I'm going to caution you that coloring and Creating a craft does not teach them about the Bible story unless you ask questions about it after the fact. What does this picture tell you? Then they can start connecting it to the story that they have heard. But just coloring and creating crafts, I know that there are some curriculum out there that really has a lot of time taken up in the crafts, but there are better ways that we can use that time reinforce the stories. Kids learn when they are read to. And actually, this goes all the way up to middle school, that kids do learn when they are read to. And they enjoy it too, especially when they're younger. And pictures are still very important in first grade. They also love to look at the pictures and tell the story. Still, the problem is that the Bible doesn't come with pictures. So make sure you find a children's Bible with good illustrations or make sure that your curriculum comes with some decent illustrations. As I said with the younger kids, it's okay to find some online to support whatever story you're reading. But these, these are very valuable tools for you as you teach. When you're going to read stories, ask students to identify the characters in the pictures before you read the story. 
Which one do you think is David? Or what do you think this story is about? After you hear their answers, then tell them who is who and what the story is about. Kids this age should be able to find a moral or a lesson in the story if it's a little bit obvious. One lesson in every Bible story is how much God and or Jesus loves them. Never let kids leave your class without hearing that at least once, preferably multiple times. Jesus loves you more than you know. One of the things I'm really big on is asking questions, good questions. And even at this age, good questions are important. Why? Because there are two options and only one of them makes them think. The teacher can tell or ask. Which do you think makes them think? That's right. It's the questions. It's asking some good thinking questions. But they have to be at their developmental level. If they're beyond their level, they'll just blink and keep looking at you. First graders love show and tell, and they love explaining things. So use that when you're teaching the faith. This is a good time to start asking why something happened or why something is the way it is. For example, why did Noah build the ark? Why did Joseph's dad give him the colored coat? Why did they put Paul in jail? And why does Jesus love you? And keep in mind that the answer is never because you're good, never because they behave. It's only because you are God's creation. You are a child of God. And that's why he loves you the same way your parents love you, just because you're theirs. My friends, use, use, use the illustrations to help them describe characters, places, and what's going on in the story as if it's a mystery to be solved. Also, as you read, identify words and phrases in the stories or poems that suggest feelings or appeal to their senses. For example, can you tell me what Jerusalem looks like? Mm -hmm. Take a look at the picture. Or, what did you like about it? Or, what do you like about it? What part of the picture makes you feel like it's a good place or a bad place? Do you think Paul is happy about being in prison? What part of the picture or what words in the story make you think that? What words make you think that people love or don't love God? Remember, they're they are looking at a picture or they're thinking about the story. If you pause the story and you ask, what words makes you think that the people love God? Don't give them love or don't love in the same question. Just give them one or the other. For example, if there is a place where the people are angry with God, perhaps it's in the Old Testament and they're going through the wilderness and the Israelites are not behaving, you could ask, what words make you think that people don't love God? Or what are the people doing that make you think they don't love God? And lastly, what is God trying to teach us with this story? Now, sometimes their answers may be really out there, but they're thinking about it. And when you know what they're thinking, then you can address the answers. 
yes, or maybe this. And remember that they can always use writing, drawing, speaking, drama to show thoughts and feelings about a story too. Always keep in mind the three important parts of effective teaching. One is what they know, what they have learned from the story. Two is how they feel about it. And three is what they do about it. When we are teaching the faith, it's about all three of these things. Now, here are some other Bible teaching tips for first graders. Some overlapped with the kinders we just talked about, and some will overlap with the second graders. Continue to include movement in your stories. It helps kids remember what comes next. There's all kinds of different actions that you can put into any story. Next, when you read or tell a story, wear a storytelling hat, and when they tell the story and it's their turn, have them wear the storytelling hat. Uh, tell the story using rhythm. This is still a good idea. Have the kids take turns acting the story out as you read it or tell it. And that is a lot of fun for them. Uh, let them put pictures in order as they tell the story back to you. If you find really great illustrations online, then print them out and let the kids tell the story back to you by putting the pictures in order. They should be able to get the beginning, the middle, and the end correct, eh, but they may need a few corrections too. Um, also, continue to play the then what happened game. Have one student start the story and then ask, then what happened? And have another student continue the story. And when you get to the end of the story for first graders, you can ask, well, what do you think happened next? That kind of extends their thinking about the story, which is a really great thing. Also, and finally, as with kinders, teach them the central truth by simplifying it into a phrase for kids and repeating it at the beginning of the story. Have them repeat it back to you and throughout the story. Every time you say it, have them repeat it, sort of an echo kind of a thing. It could go, it could go something like this. With a story about young David, you could say, this is a story about a boy who trusted God enough to do something scary, but he loved and trusted God, and you can too. So today's truth is, trust God and he'll take care of you, or God loved David, and God loves me, and have them repeat that a few times. Keep in mind that the memory part of the brain works best through repetition, and not just you're going to say it once today, and you may repeat it in a week or so. You're going to say it multiple times today, and hopefully you can send something home so that their parents can continue that process so it sticks in their head. At some point, we'll change those to Bible verses, but for right now, just those central truths are enough. Give things that go home. Hopefully, all of your little kids in their homes, they have the same children's Bible that you use in class. That would be a great gift to all of your young kids' parents. Oh, well, that's a lot about first graders, and that's probably a lot more than anybody ever thought about for first graders. But don't they sound fun? I think they sound so much fun. And next time, I'm going to tell you all about second graders. 
the last age group in the narrative stage. Kids do grow up. Don't forget, if you've got a question or a curiosity or you want some advice on something, you can contact me and we'll talk about it here. For example, maybe you've got some problems with a classroom, or maybe you've got a student who just doesn't seem to be paying attention or they're not getting it. Well, we've got some tips for that. And whatever it is, if you've got the question, I've most likely got the answer. And you can submit questions using the form at carpentersministrytoolbox.com under the podcast tab. You could send me an email at laura.langhoff at carpentersministrytoolbox.com or find me or the Carpenters Ministry Toolbox on Facebook. Oh, also, I've added a widget to the Anchor podcast page that'll let you leave a message. You can give that a try too. You can also find my books, The Art of Teaching the Faith, which this podcast is based on, and others on Amazon. Until next time, my friends, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Romans 15, 13. Bye-bye.